Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake at your presence, as when the fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries and that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome things that we did not look for, you came down, the mountains quaked at your presence. From of old, no one has heard or perceived by the ear. No eye has seen a God besides you who acts for those who wait for him. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branches become tender and put out its leaves, you know that summer's near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. I'd like to introduce some of you will know Brian Larson, some not. Uh, if we could go back, and if anyone cared, we're probably fifth cousins, uh, both Canadians from a very, um, who have roots in a very uh, sparsely populated uh, part. Here's your microphone. And uh, Brian and his family have been coming to St. Bart's as long as I have. Um, and throughout Advent, we're just going to be sharing, so you can hear from some of you, some of um, their experience here at St. Bart's. So Brian, tell us. Um, you've been um, coming to St. Bart's for a little while now. Um, what's God been doing? Because part of this is we want to reflect some of the stories that are captured in the ribbons on these wreaths. You've got one down here up front, two at the back. So tell us. Um, yeah, so I think, wow, hot mic. Um, uh, yeah, we've been coming, my wife, Ryan, and I, we have four kids have been coming to St. Bart's for, uh, for several years now. And... And as I think of St. Bart's, I grew up in the, uh, I like the three streams, I, the, you know, where they say scripture, sacrament, and spirit. And so I grew up in the evangelical kind of high view of scripture, which I'm really thankful for. About eight years ago, through some charismatic friends, I kind of encountered the ministry of the Holy Spirit in a way that I'd never had before, that where the Lord just healed some things in my heart, and it was awesome. And then now... Uh, to experience through St. Bart's the sacraments has been really great for me. So I feel like even though the worship, as far as the high point in the service, the worship was unbelievable today, and, but that's not the high point. Your sermon's not the high point. It's well, us. <laughs> hold on. We'll see. It's, it's, I have hope. It's, but just I think it's really weird that the Lord left us with a meal. That's kind of a weird thing, and I think it is, it's really been healing. To me, so that's one. And then the other, the last thing, if I can say one other thing, I love prayer. Has been like I really want to grow in prayer. And so for me this year, what I've appreciated about St. Bart's is I have gone back and prayed sometimes with the multiple times with the prayer teams and to pray with Bill or Judy. Like I just think to be a praying church together and to do it together is super powerful. Let me ask you one last question. We'll, we'll revisit the high point of the service after the sermon. Uh, but uh, no, no, in all seriousness here, I, I agree with you 100%. But what, tell us, what's the, what practical difference has all of this made in your life in this last year? Um, so I think I crave control or the illusion of control. And, uh, and so I think that's what I like about prayer is I think when, when I do 
come in feeling heavy, and I pray I have, I've, there's a release. I feel an increased sense of peace and joy that helped me charge forth into another week. Everyone, Brian Larson, thank you so much, Brian. Let's pray, and then let's uh, turn to our passages uh, this morning. Lord, we, we give to you um, all that you're doing in us and through us, and we need your help. When times such as these, when so much is going on in the world, would you come and help us as we look at your word in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, and like a true Canadian, I'm gonna begin uh, with an apology. Um, it was our uh, great intent to start Advent with confirmations, and uh, due, to, um, due to, I wrote it down, due to, um, dang, things out of our control, we're not able to do that today. Uh, so for those of you who have friends and family who've come, uh, this is not a gimmick to try to get you to come again. Uh, I just do, I want to apologize. Uh, we need a bishop to do this, and uh, a bishop was not available uh, suddenly. So my sincerest apologies, and uh, just wait for the meal, because the, the sermon apparently may not be uh, up to par. Uh, I'm kidding. Brian's a good friend. Um, but we are in the season of, of Advent, and one of the reasons we wanted to do confirmations at the start of Advent is Advent's a season of preparation. And it's a season where uh, we are preparing uh, to celebrate Christmas, but it's also a way of preparing uh, for the return of Jesus, because his, second re his return will not be the, in the same way that he first came. And so Advent is this kind of strange um, season where our new year begins today, not in January in the church, and... Um, and it has this, this desire of helping us tune our hearts to the gospel. So we're going to look at some wild and wonderful passages. Um, you heard them read from Isaiah and from Mark. And uh, let's jump right into uh, Isaiah, or as I was taught, you know, the, the British sent me to elocution lessons so that I would pronounce things properly. And forever I've been marked by that. So Isaiah, as I would say, as they have taught me to say, 64 verses 1 to 4 is pretty dramatic language. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake at your presence. And it goes on. And so we have here the prophet's view of heaven is revealed to us, which was an indicative of the prophets of his day, which was heaven surrounded the earth and had this curtain. It had this curtain, and here what we have really is a prayer, a prophetic prayer of, um, of preparation. Because what the prophet is saying is he, he, his heart's cry is that God would no longer be concealed, but that the world would see him for who he is and, and his hands at work. And so this prayer, which I would say really is an Advent prayer, goes like this. You know, as you, uh, my, I, I skipped Hebrew to play rugby, um, so you forgive me. I'll, I'll leave others to quote the Hebrew. But it begins with this deep groan, really a groan that comes out of the bowels of someone who knows pain. And some of you might identify with that this morning. 
And he begins and he says, oh, I beg you, rip the curtains apart, step into this world, and make your presence known. Now this is someone who is um, familiar with suffering, who's praying this prayer. And so we move on in verse 2, he's talking about fires being kindled, uh, kindling brushwood as the fire causes water. I mean, it's, it's all very evocative, isn't it? It's, uh, he's speaking of smoking Texas barbecue, right? Because that, I mean, that's how you light a smoker. And it causes, anyway, that was a joke. There might be more. Um, verse 3, he begins to recall what God did when he led Israel out of bondage in the Exodus event. And what he's saying is you did it before when we weren't even looking. You did it before. You can do it again. You're the God who acts. And you're the God who intervenes. So we're in this odd moment, isn't it, where gingerbread lattes are being served, uh, Christmas lights are going up, and don't get me wrong, I love all this. I start playing Christmas music on Halloween. I'm all in. If I could drink lattes, I would have a gingerbread latte every day. Um, I love Christmas. It's my favorite time of the year. We, against my wife's wishes, I put our Christmas lights out. I try to be the first in the neighborhood to get the Christmas lights out. Modest, but they're out. Because I want light to shine in the darkness. And that's, that's the preparation. How do we prepare our hearts to receive light and to be light? And the, this passage from Isaiah is about how do we prepare our hearts to receive light? And it comes with a brutal honesty before the Lord is saying, this is terrible. We need things to change. We need you to act. What are you doing? Would you please move? So the preparation of the heart for some, maybe even some of you this Advent, is one of prayer. And maybe it feels like God is somehow concealing his presence. Maybe you're facing a challenge or you're facing problems or a sudden onset of doubts where you're reevaluating the things that you once believed about the faith. And if that's you, you're in good company. Because what Isaiah says is prepare your heart with this prayer. Lord, that you would rip away whatever that is concealing you, that I might see you and know you. Step into my world and make your presence known. You did it before, do it again. You're unlike anyone else. You're the God who intervenes. All right, so, you know, you may feel dislocated from the season. You may not have an appetite for lattes because of what's going on. But you're in good company. Because just because we're in Advent and we're preparing for Christmas doesn't mean that everything has to be rosy and fine. Uh, in 2018, um, this time of year, we almost lost uh, my wife twice, nearly died twice. First time, uh, all the same event due to an ectopic pregnancy and then complications in surgery. And we got through that, but what I didn't expect was a protracted two-year battle with a health insurance company that didn't want to pay, right? So that was the battle. And this is when my friends in South Dallas took me aside and they said, you know, we love that you know that you're a friend of God and that Jesus is your friend. But he's also the God who delivers. 
He's also the God who fights for you. He's the God who's the great defender, who goes before you even know that he's, that he's gone, and he goes out to win your war. That's how you need to pray. Yes, he's your friend, but he's also a, he's also a God who fights. And once you started, I mean, I wish I'd gone to them sooner because things started to change. So maybe this Advent, your preparation of the heart is about seeing a different side of Jesus. Not necessarily the sanitized Jesus that we're gonna, I love, baby Jesus. I mean, it's just so great. I mean, I can't wait for the nativity. But there's a side of Jesus that isn't so sanitized, who gets his hands dirty who goes to those places that aren't socially acceptable, and who picks a fight in the middle of a religious occasion numerous times. And maybe for some of you, this Advent is about meeting Jesus in a different way. Because that's what he's like. He's a God that is for us. And if you identify here with this, and some of you will, some of you aren't, your goal this Advent, I would suggest, is, is to receive as much as you can. Receive as much as you can. Let's turn, okay? So that's, if you're resonating with that, that's your goal this Advent. Receive as much as you can. What does Jesus have to say in Mark 13? Because that's the one that, you know, I'm sure you're all waiting to hear. Uh, I walked to a wedding reception the other day through downtown and saw the, a sign outside of one of the big churches there with the sign, is this the end times? I was like, man, I wish I knew that answer. Um, but I tell you what, in a previous life, I was a doorman of a resort called the Algonquin uh, Hotel, and um, it was one of my favorite jobs. Um, the only thing I didn't like is I had to wear a kilt. <laughs> Just wholly impractical. Um, and the, the role of a doorman is to be alert, to be awake, and the good doorman know how to anticipate, so that you already have the solution when someone presents you with a problem. So anticipation is utterly key. And the key to big tips is being able to anticipate, right? And um, as a doorman, not so much as a priest. But, you, you, you know, I'll move on. Um, and so this is the encouragement, this is the warning that Jesus issues so solemnly to his followers, stay awake. Be alert. And there are a couple levels of meaning here. And the first level of meaning is clearly about the imminent destruction of the temple that is about to happen, that everyone around him is going to live to see. And it really is the subject to the entire chapter of Mark 13, is what's about to happen. And Jesus' main concern is to warn his followers of the signs that will immediately herald the end. And it's the end of the temple. It's the end of Jewish national life the way they knew it. Up until 80, once 80, 70 hits, everything changes. So that's the initial, and really to understand how we're to follow Jesus in this century, we really have to appreciate the first century. So this was a change that was completely, I mean, mind blown is to underestimate. It was a complete and utter crisis of identity. Because after that time, 
the, the nation has to reorganize not around the temple, but around the law. And synagogues are formed, which paves the way for the Apostle Paul to be able to take the gospel to the nations along with the others. And so Jesus here is using the image of a fig tree and leaf signaling that summer is almost here. Very hard to do in Dallas because you'll have a day where it's 35 degrees and another day when it's in its 60s, you know. It's not the same, but in, the, uh, in, in Jesus' time it was. And they need to watch for the crucial events like pagans entering the city because once they enter the city, Jesus knows that it's going to be signal the end. And this is what's interesting. What a lot of people miss is that Jesus does not know the precise hour or timing. Only the Father does. And that's remarkable because it implies that normally Father and Son work very closely together. Jesus knows a great deal, but he does not know this answer. And unlike a good deal of apocalyptic writing, both ancient and current, which tried then and tries now to figure out the precise timeline of events and when the second coming will come, What actually happens is you reduce biblical prophecy to the level of a horoscope. And the message here of this passage is, leave the issue of when Jesus returns to God. You can't figure it out. But what he does, it brings us back to his main point, is that if a prophetic timetable is out, then what are we to do to prepare for Christmas and the second coming? We're to keep watch, keep awake, and to prepare by heeding the invitation of Jesus to be faithful in our following of him. What does it look like to be faithful in following Jesus? It means to keep your word. It means to pray the best. It means so much, doesn't it? It means... It's an invitation not to compromise with the standards and fashions of the present age, but to keep alert, stay awake, and do it with anticipation. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. Our culture, our church culture, Big C Church, has had a lot of light shone shone on it, And authority has been called into question, and rightly so. Because things have happened and things have been covered up that should never have happened, should never have been covered up. And it's led to many people having these questions about can I trust? I trusted, I've been hurt, what do I do? And that is absolutely understandable and absolutely right. And the invitation in preparation for Christmas is to do the work of trying to trust again. It's not easy. It should feel like in some ways it's tearing you apart. Because that's what it did to Jesus on the cross. Imagine he had to call an entire religious system based around a national identity to task because they'd gotten it wrong. And people had trusted them. And he says, come and follow me. I'll show you the Father. In that struggle to trust again 
is an invitation to discover what Jesus is like. That's the first thing. That's, the, that's an invitation to some of you. And it's not easy. And it's not quick. But it's an invitation. Preparation also for others of us will be to be alert with anticipation. Some are preparing this Advent to see God intervene as we looked at with Isaiah. Some of us are being invited to be alert and to anticipate that he will use us this Advent as his agency of action. For reasons known only to God, he has chosen from the very beginning to make his presence known through partnership with his people. And so the invitation is to read the Bible regularly with anticipation. Because what you read, you will likely be used to put, the strength, to put strength into someone who's feeling so discouraged. You may be invited to prepare by volunteering. If you need something to do, we've got a wonderful children's ministry that would, would happily take your help as a preparation for Christmas and for Advent and for his second coming. You may be prompted to spend time with someone going through a painful season where it's not about knowing what to say but just being present with them. For some of us, the preparation is we're being called to give. We're being called to give of our time and of our talent. But here's the thing, you cannot give what you don't have. So in order to be available, you may need to create margin in your schedule. You may not. You may be. The Lord will lead you. And so it's about reading the scriptures, about praying in community, about taking part in community. That's why we're having a party tonight here at the church for uh, these Advent wreaths involving fire, chili, and dessert. I mean and some mild botanical craft, right? I mean, it's got everything for everyone. Um, and it's, but it's this invitation to be faithful, and we can't be faithful on our own. You can't. We need each other. And so my prayer in these times of preparation, where I know I'm coming into a season where I'm being asked to give as opposed to receive, is always, oh, Jesus, please help me not to make a mess of this. That's kind of my prayer most Sundays. In the season of Advent, my encouragement to you, if this is you, is to be quick to obey. Be quick to obey the promptings of God because someone else is asking those prayers, Lord, would you rend the heavens and come down? I need help. I'm on my last leg. Meanwhile, I'm deliberating whether it was that God, was that not God, should I do this, should I not do this? Meanwhile, someone else is kind of waiting on God and God saying, I know, I'm working with the best I have. Larley's just, he's just a little tentative. You know, maybe if, you know, I get a bit more dramatic. It's also a season as we prepare to give where we're invited to become easily moved. Where we don't need the big dramatic showy things, but just, we just be, ah, maybe it's the Lord. We are the church. And when the church gathers, there are those who need to receive there are those who are trying to figure out what, they, what this all means. And there are those who are called to give. Every time we meet, that's who we are. And God's plan is that as a community, together, we would be used by him 
so that those who need to receive, receive. To those who are wondering, how will I ever meet Jesus? Will you meet him in giving of your time and of your talent? That's Advent. We prepare to celebrate the birth of Jesus while also considering that one day he will come again. If you don't know when, don't know when, I would love to come up with a timetable because that's my nature. But I believe Jesus says, just leave it to God. The Father knows. Let's pray, shall we? We're gonna do two things. We're gonna pray um, for those who need to receive. We're gonna pray for those who have questions. And if you have questions, you're in the best place, in my opinion. And we're gonna pray for those who you know, feel that prompting to get involved in some way as a preparation. So Lord, would you come by your spirit. We lift you those in our midst who you're inviting this Advent season to receive as much as they can. We lift you those in our midst praying the big prayers like Isaiah, all oh, that you'd rend the heavens and come down. And we thank you that you did. You didn't do it in the way that we were expecting, but you entered this world as a baby. Not just any baby, but a baby born to die, that we might live. And so as we prepare for the mystery of your coming to earth, help us to receive as much as we can. Lord, for those of us with big questions, thank you that you call us to question. Thank you that our minds are best used like parachutes, opened and deployed. Come and help us meet you in those questions. And for those of us, Lord, called to give, called to be used by you as your hands and your feet in this Advent, would you come and, Lord, would you prompt us clearly enough that even the most stubborn amongst us me, would be able to discern your leading. And Lord, we ask all of this in, in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.